Welcome, y'all, to the Big Dudes in the Trenches podcast. I am Doug. Laying down, looking relaxed, comfortable over here is Bug. Got the Bears on. Got week six of college football to talk about. Exciting, exciting day for you. Oh, yeah. It's uh, been an interesting day for sure, for sure. Uh, but, you know, I got, I got almost... I'd say probably 80% of the work I came up here to my parents' house to do done. So nice to finally sit back and relax a little bit and talk some college football and see the Bears actually playing decently. Which is not the first time this season, but it would be a first if they can actually play that well for the entire game. The first time since Elon Musk bought Twitter. (laughs) Uh, yeah, they are in winless territory since that transaction went through in October of last year, along with Nevada. And there's one other FBS school that hasn't won a game in that time. That I don't remember it right now. UMass? UConn? No. UConn made a bowl game last year, man. They, they suck this year, but last year they were good for no reason. I, I feel like at a certain point they fell off. No, they were okay for the entirety of the season last year. Just good enough to sneak in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. It was a great time. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, I bet you it was Arkansas State. Uh, no, because they're they're three and two on the season <laughs> right now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> anyway, uh, Tug's not with us at the moment. I think he will show up at some point. Uh, happens, work things, uh, but. We have 21 games to talk about in our week six preview, the nine that we pick amongst ourselves. We also have seven ranked versus ranked matchups and five other rivalry matchups. I say other because there's uh, there's an overlap in the ranked versus ranked as well uh, that we'll get to. Before we do that, though, it is a somber note, but I feel it's appropriate. We should start with this. Uh, Morgan State is canceling their game this weekend. It was their homecoming game because of a shooting on campus. Uh, At this time, we don't believe there were any fatalities, but it's still a developing situation throughout the week. A lot of events have been canceled, and the football game will be rescheduled as of right now is the plan. Uh, So a little moment of silence for Morgan State here. And right back into week six of college football we go. Uh, yeah, let's let's talk about our rules. So we, I already said we're picking 21 games this weekend. Uh, the way we do that is ranked rivalries, and then we pick our own three apiece. Uh, if you don't know those rules by now, they're on the screen. Recommend watching us. We're live on Twitch at the moment at Big Dudes in the Trenches, or you can find us on YouTube. Big dudes in the trenches on there as well. If you're listening via audio, we appreciate you. Uh, but you are missing out a little bit. Recommend checking out the video version of the podcast somewhere. It's a good time. Agreed. Beautiful mustache face. Makes a mustache. Great. Mustache in honor of Dick Buckus. No, I mean I've had this for a while, but still, R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. So it is fair to look at where we're sitting right now. Uh, it's a it's a close one. Close one this season. 
Uh, Tug and I at the top, as we all expected. And then Bug will, of course, win as he does when it comes to bowl season. But we're not there yet. I came back down to earth. It, it was bound to happen. Uh, I don't know. This this week's going to be interesting. I'm very curious to see how this all how this all shakes out. I got to say, too, you said 21 games. It felt like I was picking like maybe 10. We've been doing we've been doing so many games these past couple years or past couple weeks that it's like this this has seemed like nothing. A significant reduction from the past two weeks in just the sheer number of rivalry matchups. As we get in the meat of the conference schedule, there'll be some scattered around, but in conference schedules, they try to backload those rivalries. So we'll we'll ramp back up in no time. Uh, in the meantime, though, only twenty one games. Should fly right through this. <laughs> if we should. That means when Tug gets here, he will get here just in time to read the links. His favorite part. I cannot wait for that. Uh, so let's go as fast as possible here. Starting us off with rank versus rank matchups. <laughs> and we are starting with the Red River Showdown. This is a rivalry, but it is also number 12 versus number three in the AP poll right now. Texas, of course, did win last year 49 to nothing. Uh, Oklahoma does not look that bad this year. <laughs> we can say that for sure. Also, going back to 1955, this rivalry is 33, 33, and 3. Uh, if you want to take out the time they met in the Big 12 championship game in 2019, 2018, end of 2018, uh, then we can just go back to 1954, and it's still 33, 33, and 3. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great rivalry matchup it's a phenomenal game every season i'm glad these two are going together if they had to leave the big 12 uh so at least we get to keep this great great matchup and you're picking the favorite here figure it's fair for you to start off why are you going with the longhorns yeah this uh as even as this rivalry has been i think ou was on like a, a five five six year tear there for a little bit uh until like it was okay. It was it was only four, but I mean, regardless, they were on a bit of a tear. This, as even as this rivalry has been, it feels streaky. Uh, I remember Texas dominating it when I was a kid. So, I Quinn Ewers and this offense this year is very unexpected. Unlike I think anybody was expecting, and because of that, I'm gonna give it to Texas. I'm gonna give them the edge here, and I mean. I, we've I've given them the edge in a few games, so I see no reason to stop giving them the edge here. I understand where you're coming from. Hi, Tug. You're also going with the Longhorns. I am, and for very much the same reasons, I'm giving this Texas looks like a different team with Quinn Ewers at the helm. They're a complete team. They actually have defense this year. That's why I'm going with Texas. And for me, it's purely a gut feeling. I'm going with Oklahoma for no other reason than I feel like it. God damn it. I hate when you do that. Your gut feelings are always correct. I I doubt it. Texas should win this game. Very much should win this game. Yeah, and Ohio State should have beat Purdue back in 2016, but you had the gut feeling that day, and we know how that went. I had that gut feeling in the offseason, dude. I knew it was going to happen. I know. (laughs) That's why I don't like your gut feelings, man. We're tied, though. Your gut feelings are just as valid, apparently, this season. So, (laughs) is what it is. Uh, 
Moving on here, LSU at Missouri is a ranked matchup for some reason. Uh, not hating on Missouri being ranked. They are 5-0, and oh, but LSU's 3-2 and two with a couple of not that great of losses right now. Florida State doesn't look as good as everyone thought they would be after beating LSU. And then also the Ole Miss loss, uh, just a gross game all around. But LSU's still in the top 25 because, of course, they are. And we're all picking the LSU, so I guess I guess the voters have a point. This is this is going to sound weird. If LSU won that game last week, I probably would have picked Missouri. But I don't feel like LSU, after a loss like that, is going to come back out and have another bad game. So for me, I, I actually think this is a correction game for LSU, and it's a bad draw for, for Missouri. Uh at least at this time in the season. Yeah, I just don't think Missouri is very good. They're better than I thought they would be. I think they can compete. This is going to be a good game. They're, They're definitely – We thought they would be, but we didn't think they would be good. So Yeah, yeah. They've, they've got some explosiveness on that offense, but I think LSU's defense is good enough to contain that. Are, are we sure after last week? Is, is that the route we're going? <laughs> I yeah, know. that I'm is not, absolutely I'm, the route I'm going. I'm not willing to say they're going to contain that uh, the passing attack they have going on. Luther Burden is a phenomenal receiver and on pace to break all kinds of SEC records this season. Uh, and nobody's talking about him because he's at Missouri, and Missouri's not that good. So <laughs> next up, NC Central at Elon. Elon is ranked this week after picking up a great – Great upset win last week in the, the CAA. Are doing so good. Uh, the CAA is just cannibalizing itself as it tends to do the past couple of seasons. We've been seeing it, uh, but they're all relatively respected programs and they seem to do well in the non-conference. So they get ranked, uh, but NC Central is a different animal right now. It feels like, and we're all going with North Carolina Central here. Yeah, I think NC Central is just, a better team. Elon is good. Don't get me wrong, but I think NC central is a better team and I'm not in the business of going after or going against the team that I think is a more complete roster. I say this every time we talk about NC central, but I really wish uh, they would figure something out with the swack and the MEAC to get the celebration bowl moved before, like take a game off the end of the season and have it open and just your top team, your top two teams play in the Celebration Bowl, and you have cross conference games for the rest of the teams. That way, they can still play in the playoffs because they deserve to be in the playoffs, and they're not going to be able to. So it sounds like you want the conferences to merge and just have a conference championship game. I yeah, would love that too. <laughs> honestly, honestly, with the numbers of both conferences, yes, they would have fewer teams in the Big Ten. Is about to so, yeah, it could definitely work. Next up here, number 11, Western Carolina at number 24, Chattanooga. The Southern Conference is coming on strong this season in a big way, especially thanks to the help of these Catamounts who we didn't expect anything out of, and they're looking phenomenal this season, almost a top 10 team in the stats perform top 25 here. And if they win this game, they'll probably move right up into that top 10, which we're all picking them to do. Especially with SIU Idol this week. 
Yeah, I, uh, West Western Carolina has been a fantastic team all year. I do not see that slowing down. UT chat's been good, but you know, I'm going to give the edge here to to Western Carolina. I don't know where SIU being idle comes from. You you picked their game against Youngstown State later. Yep, you did. <laughs> oh, they were idle last week. Yeah, dude, you I've been I've been painting and moving shit in and out of rooms for three fucking days. My brain's like half working right now. But I sure did pick their game. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> and we're all picking Western Carolina. We're all on the bandwagon here, which I love. Also, didn't expect Chattanooga to be as good as they are this season either. Uh, really, these two teams have supplanted Samford and Mercer at the top of, of the SOCON so far this year. And should be a good battle down the stretch in conference play. I'm excited. Next up, moving right along. Kentucky is heading down to Athens, Georgia in a night game in the SEC. Kirby Smart recently said that every team in the SEC ought to be in the top 25 because they're all good. Look, look, Kirby, Kirby, just because you could not (laughs) handle Auburn does not mean everybody needs to be ranked. Does not mean Auburn was a top 25 team. Kentucky, however, is a top 25 team after starting their season undefeated. One of three teams in the SEC to be undefeated at this point alongside Georgia and Missouri, who we've already talked about. So we are predicting there will be one undefeated team remaining if LSU does beat Missouri. And then whoever wins this game will have a clear path to the playoff, assuming they can hold off everybody else. Kind of a crazy thing to say about the Kentucky Wildcats, but hey, if you can beat Georgia... I wouldn't be I wouldn't be afraid to pick a, pick you guys against anybody. Uh, not what I'm Kentucky, doing here, though. I'm going with the Georgia Bulldogs. Kentucky is confirmed a football school, but I'm also going with the Bulldogs. We've we've had this argument, this debate. You're you know, do they still deserve to be number one? By the way, they've played probably not, but I think they're going to have an excellent chance to show that they do actually deserve to still be number one, and that we all need to put a little respect on it. So, so there's a little concern I have here for Georgia. Actually, a lot of concern. Uh, in every single game this year, they have come out flat. They barely had enough time to make up for it against Auburn. Uh, that was way closer than it should have been. They struggled for the first half, almost three quarters with South Carolina. You cannot do that against Kentucky. I see no reason why they all of a sudden have a good first quarter out of nowhere. Um Kentucky can also efficiently run the ball this year, which is huge. Devin, uh, no, Dev, is it Devin Leary out there now? Yeah. Yeah. He finally started to look like his old self last week. These, either way, I, I'm not high on Georgia right now. Their defense is not what it was. Their offense is what it has always been mediocre, but their, their defense is not there. Kentucky is not going to give up 121 yards to, Brock Bowers in the fourth quarter alone to come allow the comeback win. This is a this is an upset alert game for me. I'm taking Kentucky. I don't I don't I, think it's I, really up to Kentucky if they give up yards to Brock Bowers. I think he just decides he's <laughs> going to play that well and does. There's that, and there's also the point of I don't know where you're getting the Devin Leary looked good nah, because well. he had 69 yards passing and nothing else. I like it. <laughs> it looked nice. Very nice. It was very nice, but it was but not good. good. There is a difference. All right, All right. fair this enough. Is but... This is legitimately a game between two Ob- players. It is Brock Bowers against Ray Davis. 
So we'll see whose defense shows up. I'm betting on Georgia's. Look, so you're saying Devin Lear didn't look good last week, and I'll concede that. That's fine. Auburn had a total of 88 yards passing last week, and they sure. still only lost by seven. That is where lose. my con- that's where my concern <laughs> for Georgia. Kentucky is a better team than Auburn. Can we all agree on that? Uh, probably. Yeah, Kentucky would beat Auburn by more than seven. Yes, I would agree to that. Uh, yeah, no, we don't know that. We don't know that. Yeah, we're about you're to. We're about to. Transitive. You're getting into the yes. transitive property that never works in college football. It absolutely especially does. especially when the transitive no. property doesn't even apply because the, the other two teams haven't played. My my big thing here is. I actually think Kentucky is in a good spot to upset Georgia, even if it is on the road. That is the one concern I have for Kentucky. I don't like the way Georgia matches up this weekend. If this game were in Lexington, I would have a very hard time picking against Kentucky. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I understand that, yeah. I can't. I can't. This is Georgia, and it's going to be in Georgia, and it's also Kentucky. I mean, it is still it is still Kentucky we're talking about here. So let's be, let's be real. I'm just, I'm making, I, you guys I know would love I, to see it. I like to, It'd be cool. you guys know what you guys know. I like to call my shots and I'm calling my shot. It's like, I got another shot. I'm calling later too, that I don't think is ironically. I don't think it's as wild, but we'll get there later. Uh, how about right now? Uh, number 17, Montana at number 20, UC Davis. Uh, this game is, at UC Davis, like I just said, and also Montana has not looked good this year. Uh, but Tug, you are going with the Grizzlies. What are you thinking? This is a gut feeling. Uh, this could, again, these are very evenly matched teams. I think they both look not great. They both look decent. Um, it's it's the ugly loss that keeps sitting on everyone's mind for Montana. I think this is a get-right game for them, and my gut feeling says Montana's going to take this one. Sitting over there, idle bug. What are you talk? What are you looking at? Well, I've been, uh, I've been since we were talking about the transfer property. I decided I'd go to my team is better than your team, <laughs> and uh, Georgia is better than Kentucky in one round because Georgia beat Ball State forty-five to three, and Kentucky only beat Ball State thirty-seven to fourteen. Ooh. And Kentucky is better than Georgia because Kentucky beat Florida. Florida beat Tennessee. And Tennessee is better than Georgia because Tennessee beat South Carolina 41-20. to And Georgia only beat South Carolina 21-14. to I like it. We have learned so, absolutely nothing. Obviously, Georgia is better than Kentucky. And UC Davis is better than Montana. And that, I think, is just <laughs> evident by how UC Davis has been playing this season at such a high level. Again, this was a team that I don't think a lot of people expected to be as good as they have been, but it, at the same time, nobody's been, nobody's been able to keep up with them. So UC Davis is a two-loss team. Their two losses are to Oregon State, who we've all agreed are is a good FBS school, so you can't really blame UC Davis for that. Also a three-point loss to Eastern Washington, who, yeah, that's been a surprise school, but they've also looked really good. And had a win over UC Davis, had a one-score loss to North Dakota State, right? Eastern Washington's been in in games. Montana took a last-second drive to beat Division II Ferris State. They beat a non-scholarship FCS school, 35-20 to in Butler. They had beat 
Idaho State by one possession, which Idaho State is uh, is not Idaho. That's a different school. <laughs> it's in the same state. It's the same thing, right? That's how very, very different level of college football that we're talking about, <laughs> even though they're in the same conference. Very different level of football. Uh, this is not a good Grizzlies team right now. I'm not saying they can't be a good Grizzlies team, and they might still well go on a playoff run and shock everybody. But this is the meat of their schedule, and I don't see them ready for it because they're at UC Davis, then at Idaho, back-to-back weeks. This is going to be brutal. And I'm picking UC Davis. Uh, this, This feels like a much more tested and ready team for this moment. To me, that's what I'm going with. Um, anyway, moving right along, number 10, Notre Dame at number 25, Louisville is the last ranked versus ranked matchup of the night on Saturday on ABC. It is in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm wearing the Louisville hat, it's where I graduated from school. I'm going with Notre Dame here. (laughs) (laughs) Checks. Yeah, I I think this is probably the easiest of all the the picks that we've had so far. Notre Dame is by far and away the better team in this one. Uh, you know, I, I, Louisville's been doing fine, but they they don't match up well with Notre Dame in any facet. Fine, as in they are undefeated, but probably don't deserve to be. <laughs> Look, yeah. I've I've been making some ballsy calls to try and try and extend a lead here. This is not one. This is a safe pick. Lock it up, Notre Dame. And that is not a rivalry game, but we have a couple more rivalry games on tap. Starting us off with the afternoon slate with a couple of FCS games. Rhode Island at Brown. Another. I didn't even know this was a rivalry. Rhode Island Bryant is not. Rhode Island Brown is considered a rivalry game. The three schools right. in Rhode Island All right. that I'm have gonna, FCS football. I'm going to make this real simple, and then we can push on to the next matchup. Rhode Island is decent at football. Brown is not. Brown is bad. That has very, been very true bad. for a very long time. Yeah. So no, we're all going bad. with Rhode Island. <laughs> uh, probably going to be a similar conversation for this next one. The Citadel at number five, Furman, the Paladins are the other team in the Southern Conference that we haven't talked about yet who actually are living up to their expectations, are a top-five team at the moment, and the Citadel is uh, winless on the season so far. Uh, we're all picking Furman. Man, how great Citadel... would it be for the Citadel to get a fucking win in this one? I right. would be depressed. Uh, actually, Ben, can I have you do something <laughs> since you did it last week? Look since up the we all dis- love senior military academies? No, I was going to have you look up how far Rhode Island is traveling to the Brown game. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that is, that but, is a good look. Uh, but, probably, but also, I'm, I'm over, I'm, I want to set an over under before bug announces it over under okay. 20 miles. I have my answer. I know the answer. So I'm not going to say bug. What's your yeah, answer? It's definitely under <laughs> because <laughs> bug, I need your answer. You no, know, it's, it's probably oh, I'm going to go over. No, I'm no, we, go over 20. Okay, are you taking the over the under book before you look it up? I'm taking the under. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, it's 30 miles. 
I sat there and thought to myself, over. I knew it was over. <laughs> hold on, hold on. And then for everyone's essay, what's it say the driving time is? 45 minutes or an hour? Oh, fuck. Hold on. Uh, 17 hours. Sorry, I'm just having fun with this because the other analysis I have. 39 minutes. Oh, not bad. Uh, the other well, analysis is also 9:30 at night. So yeah, the other analysis I have on this game is, or on the other game on this slide is, Furman is good at football. The Citadel is not good at football, so we're all taking Furman. Like, you know, the last time that we said this, though, we've said this about two for games two games now. on but, the same the, slide. Oh, God. but the last time that we said this was Cornell against Colgate, and that did not go well for us. But that's because we were so. trusting the Ivy League. We have learned from we, our mistakes. So I also want to throw out here, I just typed in URI to Brown Distance, and it found some doctor whose last name is Yuri, URI. And it was like <laughs> 1.2 miles. I was like, holy shit, they're right next to each other. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah, like where does one campus end and the other one begin? I was like, this At is every joke. around the corner. Yeah, this is every joke we've made about <laughs> the state of Rhode Island in one no, it was a it was a doctor though. Depressing. <laughs> that does make me wonder though. Make you wonder why? <laughs> right. That does make me wonder. Uh, okay. <laughs> Bryant. Okay. Bryant to Brown. Fifteen. Over under, over under twenty miles. I'm calling about fifteen. Um. I mean, there's only one possible direction you could go with that. So I would have to say under. All right. Over 30. under 15. Ooh. So 30 miles. It was 30 miles from around to Brown. Uh-huh. The whole state's 45 miles. Yeah. So under 15, probably. No. Tug. Yeah, I'm going to go under. See, 15 is where I would have said it. So me taking a you guess because I can push? actually tell you the route. You're, you're going you're gonna to jump on 95 uh, to 146. You're going to take 146. Hours. It's, it's going to be under 15. It says 146 and Rhode Island 7. Yeah, Route 7. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's 14.4 miles or a 20-minute oh, drive. Oh, jeez. We hit the under. We hit the under, <laughs> oh, Doug. Oh, jeez. Your state doesn't exist. All right, moving right along. <laughs> we have three more rivalries to be talking about here. These are all FBS, and they're all in the evening. Uh, so it worked out in a couple of different ways. I have one, two separate slides here. Starting us off with number two, the team up north, the Michigan Wolverines, at Minnesota, the Golden Gophers, in a battle for the Little Brown Jug, uh, which has not been as one-sided as some people will have you believe. The last time Minnesota did win, though, they were coached by Jerry Kill, uh, which they do not have Jerry Kill at the helm right now. Uh, That was forever and a year ago. And and P.J. Fleck (laughs) is brushing off his resume. Yeah. Uh, This game is also on the cock. Hell yeah, it is. I wanted to take Minnesota so bad, but after seeing them struggle with Nebraska, how – how do you take them in this one? They have struggled against themselves in practice. 
They have struggled against their teachers in the classrooms. They have struggled against the roads getting to the fields. Uh, yeah. That's the Gophers are not having a good time. No. So <laughs> we're all going with Michigan in this one, and again, it's a win-win for me. Same as the last time I had to pick this horrific yellow nastiness. Uh, <laughs> if they lose, I'm okay with that. And if they win, I get a point. So it works out. <laughs> Next up, Arkansas at Ole Miss. Bug, I am impressed and surprised and Me proud too. of you. All, all in one. Like uh, I, also, Ole Miss is ranked, and I don't have their ranking on this slide, which annoys me. 21. And and Doug, I th- or Bug, I think I can hit your analysis here. With missing their two offensive tackles, Arkansas is going to struggle a lot. Yeah, no, that's uh, Ole Miss is number, number sixteen. 16. Yep. Wow. Yeah. What what were they last week? Probably about twenty one. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know how happy I'd be if they were 21 last week. I <laughs> <laughs> pulled up right now. Uh, 20. You were close. Oh, it's close. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, Arkansas, you were Arkansas, Arkansas's offense is uh, not good. They're also yeah. almost all hurt. So that's, we'll that's go with issue. we'll go with the Rebels who put up 700 yards of offense last week. When everybody got healthy and got to play against LSU, uh, and maybe they're riding a little bit of an emotional high, but also apparently everyone has a rivalry with Arkansas in the SEC, so they shouldn't be overlooking the Razorbacks. <laughs> nobody, nobody likes Arkansas. That's what we've learned. <laughs> Big in rivalries. Uh, the last game here is the most fun because this is technically it is considered a rivalry by both schools, but they don't have a name for it. There is a great name for this one, though. This is the Butt Bowl. We're talking about Baylor and Texas Tech. This one is for in Waco this late. year. I love how we have it spelled in our picks, too. Doug, thank you for taking Baylor after I took Texas Tech because now our picks spell butt as well. Well, somebody had to take Texas Tech. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Tyler Shock is out for the season, but also didn't seem to affect Texas Tech last week. Uh, (laughs) And we have been burned by quarterback news the entire season. So at this point, it's just not worth going off of. Baylor has been pretty spotty. This was, again, just kind of a gut why not go with Baylor? Though I kind of think Texas Tech should be the favorite in this one, and they probably are. I, man, it's tough because Texas Tech on the road, it's it's a rivalry game. You never know which way these are going to go ever. Um, like you said, you had a gut for Baylor. I had a gut for Texas Tech. That is weird. I don't know that anyone in the world has ever described their gut as being able to handle the Texas Tech Raiders. Well, that's fair. That's that's very fair. Texas Tech is a one-point favorite in Waco. That is Love wild. Texas that. Tech, both, both teams are just underperforming, and they've been underperforming for the past couple of years. Baylor just to a lesser degree. Texas Tech, I've never seen Texas Tech reach the heights that everybody wants them to. 
out there in Lubbock. So that's kind of where this is going yeah. for me. No, that's fair. I also personally think that losing to Wyoming in overtime is a much better look than losing to, was it Texas State in effectively a blowout? You're yeah, man. You're, I mean, you're not wrong. He, no, Wyoming's no, a better team. He's Wyoming's not. a better team. You're a Texas State hater. Oh I am. God, no, that has yeah, nothing to do with this. I am. But I Texas picked State them sucks. later in this. I picked them later. <laughs> God, I hate you. <laughs> I love how easy it is to get you riled up. I'm just, That's the best you're part. You're a hater. <laughs> you're, you are. You're a fucking hater. <laughs> Here we right, are. At our games, games of the weekend. Of the week. Uh, yeah, so Maryland at Ohio State, number four. Uh, Maryland's not ranked because they play in the Big Ten and not the SEC. Mm-hmm. And Ohio State is ranked number four. They continue to fall even though they're winning, right? Because they, I feel like they were three. No, they were four. five last. Or... Yeah, okay, they, they're, they're moving up slowly, but surely. It's USC that keeps uh, moving down. That's who it is. Yeah. Uh, so... I'm going with Ohio State solely because this game's at the shoe. Talia Tungavailoa has looked terrific. He's really hitting his stride. And I think Big Brother's going to have some competition up at the NFL level here next season. But right now, Ohio State, they've done everything that has been asked of them and more. They're having an excellent season. Uh, I think they're going to be able to finally put a stop to Maryland's undefeated season. This is about the time of year where they typically fall off anyway. Uh, I, I'm, because this is the time of year that Big Ten play starts. Yeah, I'm, I'm expecting <laughs> this year won't be any different. I would love it so much if the Dolphins draft Talia and then he beats out to him. That'd, that'd be so incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to give a shout to Maryland. Uh, they are five and zero. Go crack a beer on the show. Okay, That's fine. Do it. We ain't stopping you. Uh, the Maryland the Terrapins are 5-0 and for the first time since 2001. They also have their best point differential through the first five games of the season in school history. This is definitively the best Maryland has ever been. They are also 20-point underdogs in this game. That's where Maryland is. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best team they've ever put together. They're 20-point underdogs. <laughs> and we're all going with Ohio State. Look, look, I do think Ohio State's going to win this. Doug might kick me off the show for this because I can't add myself back in. I would probably take the the points with Maryland here, but I'm picking outright winners here. Ohio State's going to take the dub. I don't blame you for that. Maryland has put up a fight in the past, uh, most recently 2018, when it was a one-point game between these two schools yep. in College Park. But – Ohio State's defense is so vastly improved this year. It really I don't is. see that happening. The, uh, well, and also understand this. Part of this is, are they going to stay neck? Like, well, I'm, I'm thinking how to word it because I don't think Maryland's defense is good enough to keep Ohio State under 20 points. But I do think their offense is good enough to give a 14-point lead and then go touchdown for touchdown for a bit. That's that's kind of where I'm at. It's this could go a bunch of different ways, but I, I don't 
I, I would take the points. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be all that surprised with a 42-28, but I also wouldn't be surprised with a 42 nothing because yeah. this is... Yeah, this, this, those <laughs> really are the outcomes here. <laughs> like... Anyway, we've been talking about Ohio State for a while, as I want to do, but, you know, uh, continue. Continue, Bug. What else, what else you got for us? Next up, we have number 11, Alabama at College Station taking on Texas and um, This is always a tough place for Alabama. They lose here a lot. This is uh, uh, this is the uh, the Carrier Dome for Clemson. Uh, that's that's Kyle Field for Alabama. And Texas A and M has done better than I think some people were expecting. We we've doubted them uh, after all the issues they had last year uh, with buying a team essentially and they went out and did the same thing this season yet they're having a much better year i think alabama's going to be in some trouble here they have not looked as good pretty much all year and uh i think this is texas a&m's game the if you had said this in week three i would have agreed with you um but the last two weeks bama has gotten back on track specifically the second half of week three. And then last week they looked a lot better all the way through. I still don't trust Jimbo. I know this is at home. Alabama is still a better team all the way through. Uh, Texas A&M is down there starting quarterback for the rest of the season. Uh, I'm taking Bama here. You say they've lost a lot in college station. I would rebut with they've only lost one time ever in college station and three times total to Texas A&M in school history. Uh, this is a 12-3 and three series. They really haven't played that much. <laughs> uh, last time they lost was 2021. It was 41-38 in College Station. And then uh, going back to 2012 in Tuscaloosa, Kevin Sumlin beat Nick Saban. Uh, no, no, no. What a, what a Johnny history. Manziel beat Nick Saban. Well, that is much more accurate, yes. Uh, but <laughs> I forgot that game was actually in Alabama. Here's here's my actual analysis of this game. The offensive line for Alabama has not looked as good as everyone expected they would be because they're entirely comprised of five stars, backing up five stars. The offensive line for Alabama has struggled. The defensive line for Texas A&M is now playing at the level people thought they might be able to. Walter Nolan, in particular, is looking like one of the best defensive linemen in the country. So that is scary if you're Alabama. However, Jalen Milrow has been playing a lot better. And Texas A&M is playing without their starting quarterback, uh, who is out for the season after, what, week three? So I don't trust Texas A&M's offense. To keep up, even though I do think Alabama's offense will have some struggles, I can't put faith in the AM offense. So I, I'm siding with Alabama, even though I recognize there is a real reason why people are taking Texas AM. The other thing I was thinking of for this game, there are so many people, especially on X, calling out that this is Texas AM's week. They're going to win. Everyone's picking them. Uh, So much that the line has moved. It's now a a one-and-a-half-point game in favor of Alabama. 
Uh, whenever there's that much hype for somebody upsetting Alabama, it never happens. So I'm picking Alabama. <laughs> That's fair. That's also very fair. I did not realize that. Yeah, I'm not changing my pick because I'm not Tug. Moving on to our final game here. <laughs> we have number six, SIU, traveling to Youngstown State. That's right. SIU is not idle this week. That was last week. And they're going to take on Youngstown State, who just fell out of the top 25, which is why I wanted to bring up this matchup. Youngstown State's offense has been electric. Their defense has been questionable. And people thought that their defense, especially their pass defense, was going to be the cornerstone of this team. I'm curious to see how they're going to come out at home after just falling out of the top 25 and taking on SIU, who's risen all the way up to number six so far this season. The Salukis have looked incredible this year. They're finishing out games, which was their Achilles heel last year. And this is going to be the first big test before they really get into Missouri Valley Conference play. What are you thinking, Tug? Do I, I, I'm thinking the Salukis have not been slowed down at all this year, really, by anybody. And I don't necessarily see that happening. Uh, I can see Youngstown State putting up points, but I see the Salukis being able to keep pace and even outpace them a little bit uh, in the event of a shootout. I'm going to take the Salukis here, even on the road. I agree. I'm also <laughs> picking Youngstown State uh, for reasons. That's kind of where I'm at with this one. The, um, you you can admit if this is an anti-skunk pick. It is a little bit of an anti-skunk pick. It is also Youngstown State's at home, and SIU has had a history with Nick Baker at quarterback of not being able to finish out games. And when Youngstown State lost last week, I attribute that as much to being at UNI as much as yeah. their defense looking suspect. Uh, it's very possible their defense actually comes to play once they're back home in Youngstown. So it is – I believe this is going to be a great game, and I I would lean 90% SIU's probably going to pull this one out, but there's that 10% that's nagging at me too hard, yeah. and I couldn't I couldn't risk the skunk on this. No, um, I, go, hey, I go get you. Go with the Penguins. Send it. Yeah, I didn't I didn't make it clear. I am going with SIU and here's I want to correct myself again. SIU was idle two weeks ago. Memphis isn't playing this week. And hello, my first week back on a normal schedule and my brain's all fucked up. Surprise and, there. Hold on. And even worse, the Bears are winning, which is really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with you I'm too. all I'm all kinds of fucked up. I think I might have had a hand in killing Dick Buckus. So I mean, like, oh no, homie, you can't. No. It's awful. I'll tell if you haven't uh, if you haven't seen. Oh, I don't think I put it in the main chat. We'll talk about it at the end of the show. Stay tuned. <laughs> Join the Discord, folks. Anyway, <laughs> my games this weekend starting us off with Butler at St. Thomas in a Pioneer League matchup. Scholarshipless football only all found on Midco Plus, which is a site that I had to sign up for six dollars a month. Let's go, bro. Looking Midco provides to... my internet. Well, then you probably get this game, but I don't because I live in Kentucky. 
You didn't ask me the Midco you, area. You, you didn't ask me for my for my account login. I didn't know you had Midco. Oh well. So anyway, this game, <laughs> this this game was at St. Thomas. Uh, at St. Thomas, we've talked about several times on this show at this point, being the D three transition school, uh, ineligible for the postseason for another four years, still including this one because of that transition up from D3. But they have been very successful. The three and two so far this year, what has surprised me more than anything is the fact that Butler is four and one so far this year. A team I really didn't expect to be very good this season so far. And they've come out to play in a big way. And we already talked about their one loss on the season was to the Montana Grizzlies who are still in the top 25, even though I'm not sure that they deserve it. It might be just outside of the top 25 looking in as far as how I would vote. But they're number 17 in the country, and that's Butler's only loss. So kind of have to respect that to some extent here. This is a huge game for the Pioneer League. If Butler could actually win this conference straight up this season, it would look so much better for the Pioneer League when they have to send somebody to the playoffs and they can't send their champion because it's St. Thomas and they're ineligible. Please, let's have somebody legitimate win the conference that we can send to the playoffs. And I'm rooting for Butler. Uh, their mascot is a live mascot who has a torn ACL, and he's getting surgery. Torn UCL. UCL, right, because he's a dog and they don't have ACLs. Uh, they have UCLs. All mascots are live mascots, Doug. That's not true. <laughs> Some of them are suits. Uh, this one is a dog, <laughs> a real dog, and he's cute as fuck. And they're posting updates about his surgeries on X, and it's adorable. And I love it. And I'm rooting for Butler in this one, even though we've been on the St. Thomas storyline for like three years. Look, uh, I it, and that's where it comes down for me is <laughs> I cannot get off the St. Thomas storyline. I have a, a a small affinity growing for this. Small team out of out of Minnesota here, so I'm gonna take the Tommies. You keep saying that it's like a moderate to large school. Yeah, but it's fun when you mischaracterize things. Okay. Yeah, people get really <laughs> upset when you call St. Thomas a small school. Uh, but with that, St. <laughs> Thomas, maybe they'll the come on the school, show and correct me. Yes, yeah, so the small school St. Thomas, uh, former yeah. D three powerhouse, is going to go down to Butler this week, even though it's there at home. Fair enough. Uh, number 13, Washington State is at UCLA, which UCLA is unranked and might cause a bit of surprise then to see that UCLA is like a touchdown favorite in this one. Uh, I don't agree with that personally, but I kind of understand where they're coming from. This game should be pretty close, but I'm betting that Cam Ward can pull this one out. The on the ground, Carson Steele is phenomenal. I love Carson Steele. He's a, I believe he's a junior, is why he's not on my prospect preview series yet. Uh, but his tr- ball state transfer, very fun. UCLA can run the ball very well. And that is a formula to slow down Wazoo because they're a big passing team. But Wazoo's also really effective at throwing the ball in limited <laughs> time. So I'm, Picking Washington State to pull this one out, even though they are an underdog on the road 
to an unranked UCLA. Look, it scares me that we're all picking Washington State. Um, But you have me sold on the Cam Ward train. Uh, I bet against him once or twice this year. Uh, I was wrong both times. So we're going to stop doing the thing that hurts. And we're going to take Wazoo. Yeah. uh, I like Chip Kelly. I like UCLA. But Wazoo is having a very, very special season. Uh, it's too easy. That's you got to go with Washington State here. And my last game of the weekend: Texas State at Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. Uh, Texas State's four and one this year. A little bit under the radar in the process as well. Their first ever Power Five win at Baylor. Then they did lose by a touchdown to UTSA. But that's a UTSA team that we all agree is pretty solid, even though their record doesn't look great right now. Then they haven't lost since. Uh, undefeated in Sun Belt play with only one game out of their belt, stopping Frank Gore Jr. last week. The Raging Cajuns are not undefeated in Sun Belt play with a loss at Old Dominion. Also, they lost to Minnesota, but like, yeah, kind of understand that. It's okay. Uh, this is, this is kind of a stylistic matchup here of just a running team against a passing team. And weirdly enough, considering what Texas state has been, Texas state is the passing team in this one. And weird enough for Louisiana, for what they have been, Louisiana is the running team in this one. Uh, and Texas state was just able to pull it out against a running team in Southern, uh, Southern Miss last week. So I'm kind of siding with Texas State here, even though they are on the road. Uh, it feels like a pretty even matchup on the defensive side of the ball, though. And it's given me some concern. I really – it was almost a coin toss, and I just went with who I like better, which is Texas State this season. <laughs> I mean, that that's what it is for me. I like Texas State more, uh, especially in this matchup. So I'm not going to rock the boat too much, not go against – go against myself i'll take texas state here yeah well i remembered that billy napier is no longer the coach of louisiana (laughs) and i can never remember that jamie chadwell is no longer at coastal carolina i still don't trust texas state despite the fact they are having an amazing season and they destroyed baylor i have way more faith in louisiana and what billy napier built there and left them with Uh, so i'm going with the raging cajuns I did want to shout this out, and I forgot to. Uh, As much as I said Texas State is a passing team, their running back, Ishmael Mahdi, also had a 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown last week and three rushing touchdowns of short yardage. So they they can get it done. And I'm I'm a big fan of the Bobcats this year. (laughs) Hand it off to Tug. What do you got for us? All right. I'm going to be – start this off by uh, apologizing to everybody for picking what might be the most disgusting matchup of the week for the second week in a row. Uh, But it's disgusting in a good way this time. If you're William and Mary, it's disgusting. If you're Virginia, because you're hoping this is your one chance at a win. Uh, They have looked absolutely horrendous. William and Mary has had their own stumbles. Uh, Look, I understand we're on the road. They're going on the road to Virginia, but man, 
I don't see how this Virginia team gets back on track. I have not seen them piece together anything solid. Uh, and they have this horrible tendency of allowing teams to come back in the second half. They only know that there's one half of football. And Doug, as you and I discussed last week, there are, in fact, two halves of football. That's so crazy, dude. I still don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so knowing that, I'm going to take William & Mary. I know this is a risk here. Uh, I, I I will say this today. This is only going to be a good game, realistically, if the upset occurs. If it doesn't occur, then this is an absolute wash, and I gave you guys a free point. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going with Virginia. It is an FBS versus FCS matchup. And as much as William & Mary is a better team for their – conference than virginia is for their conference uh virginia has not been as bad as their 0-5 record makes it sound they are a a three-point loss to boston college a three-point loss to nc state and a one-point loss to james madison away from uh, a very respectful record here <laughs> look man that's a lot of one-score losses. At some point, most of those, if not all of them, were comebacks. You have to put that on the team. Uh, I understand where you're coming from, but also I have a little bit of faith in Virginia for some reason. I'm glad somebody does. They, I, they yeah, because <laughs> me and Tug sure don't. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get it. <laughs> All right, for my next matchup, I'm going to a full FCS slate here. I'm taking number 18, UT Martin, uh, traveling up and taking on Eastern Illinois. Look, I'm crazy here. I, I've ridden this this dog twice, and it's worked for me. So I'm going to stick with Eastern Illinois here. Uh, but both of these teams are sitting, I believe, at 4-1 and one on the season, looking real good. Uh, this actually has the, make, the makings of a real good matchup. Yeah, Eastern Illinois' only loss is to Bowling Green uh, and UT Martin has a loss somewhere <laughs> to Georgia in week one. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They were in sacrificial lamb. It, it happens. No, if UT Martin is – Kind of the darling of the Big South OVC because they have no other teams that are any good. And so they kind of are getting a little bit of extra love in the polls at number 18 here. I don't know if they're really a top 20 team in the country. But Eastern Illinois is like a, it feels like a tier below them to still to me it, right now. It, it really does, but it's – I've I've looked at some of their games and Eastern Illinois this year has been really good at allowing you to take away what you think they do best and, and doing the opposite against you and still winning. Like They're also I, I, really good at doing the exact opposite of what Virginia has done, where they actually win those one point and three point games yes. against Illinois State and McNeese. Uh, I think UT Martin wouldn't put themselves in a one-point or three-point situation against Illinois State or McNeese. That's kind of where I'm at with this one. No, and, and, and that's entirely fair. Uh, I'm, and I'm not saying that UT Martin is going to give up 300 yards on the ground, but apparently that's a possibility when you're playing against Eastern Illinois. 
Facts. Yeah, I'm just going with you, Team Martin, because I don't like Eastern Illinois. <laughs> All right, fair enough. All right, my my last matchup, and this one I actually think has a lot of implications later in the year already. Uh, you're looking at potential group of five representatives to the New Year's Six uh, for both of these teams realistically. Uh, you're looking at Mountain West implications. Both of these teams look really good this year. Uh, and again, Fresno State's walking into Laramie. That's always a dangerous, um, dangerous task to do because you never know how it's how it's going to go. Uh, personally, I do think Fresno State is a more complete team. They've put it together now, going on two seasons. Uh, Wyoming looks really good, though. They have a big upset win uh, in overtime against Texas Tech, and they've looked solid the rest of the way. Uh, Fresno State's coming in undefeated. Defeated at five and zero, oh, and Wyoming's coming in, I believe, at four and one. So this is going to be a good game, good matchup here. Uh, I have to go with the Bulldogs here, partially because I hate Wyoming. I think Fresno State can actually stand up to it. Uh, but man, this this game has me worried, honestly, even with this pick. Yeah, I am. I was looking at the matchups here. Because, yes, it is in Laramie, which is terrifying for anyone. What teams have shown they are capable of doing at Wyoming, though, this year is they're able to still throw the ball pretty effectively. And amazingly enough, that's what Fresno State has been relying on this season. Uh, Mikey Keene and Eric Brooks' connection is phenomenal right now. What Wyoming is best at is wearing you down and making you take 12 minutes to get across the field, uh, which doesn't happen if you can throw the ball deep. And I don't know that Wyoming has the DBs to keep up with this Fresno State offense. So I am picking the Bulldogs here, but I I do like the matchup quite a bit. And so does everyone else. This game got flexed to actual national Fox 8 p.m., on national television. Hey, look, I Should... picked a good game. Yeah, you pick you you sided with the TV executives. We'll see. I'm waiting for <laughs> my, I'm waiting for my cut of the week. Okay, that's that's really what this is. You ain't getting it, baby. <laughs> Keep waiting. <laughs> uh, Texas or Wyoming's one loss is to Texas. Um, oh, that's and it. that was that was in Austin. This game as we've mentioned a couple times, is in Laramie. Uh, the elevation difference is 308 in Fresno, California to 7,215 <laughs> in Laramie, Wyoming. So if Fresno State wins, they get to claim that they joined the Mile High Club. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, this We saw this be a factor for Appalachian State that just didn't have it at the end. And I think Wyoming's got enough to be able to keep this one close to be able to outlast Fresno State at the end here as well. Obviously, if Wyoming was 5-0 and as well, they would be ranked. I don't think there's any question about that, especially with a win over Texas being on their resume. Uh, but without it, they're unranked. And are, you know because we have to have seven SEC teams ranked, uh, you know they're probably getting fucked out of being ranked. Uh, Fresno State, on the other hand, Five and zero makes sense that you're going to have them be a uh, a ranked team coming in at number twenty four. But there, I think essentially what's going to end up happening is kind of the 
the the Laramie effect. They're going to be able to wear down Fresno State and take care of this game late. And I'm going with Wyoming. No, dude, that that what you're talking about that Laramie effect actually does scare me. Uh, that's why I'm happy that next week Wyoming is on the road against Air Force and and not at home against Air Force. I hate playing in Laramie. Laramie um, is scaring me. Yeah, facts. And it's it's taken me 11 years to finally come to the conclusion that just beating Wyoming and Laramie is not possible. Just like it's not really possible to be Buffalo in Buffalo if you're a Miami fan. Uh, these are just hey, facts any coach, that we have to come up with. If any coach can do it in Laramie, it would be Troy Calhoun. And he has That's not done say. it in like 10 years. Exactly. So <laughs> so we're really putting our necks out here picking Fucking State. asshole. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's what I got for my games. And that's all of our games. I said we were going to go quickly and we still took an hour. So I'll try to speed through our prospect previews here. Uh, a couple of big dudes in the trenches to watch for the NFL draft. Like this it. weekend, some very important matchups for these boys. Starting us off on the offensive side of the ball, Javon Foster, left tackle for the Missouri Tigers. Is a sixth year graduate senior, six foot five, three hundred and twenty pounds. Uh, been starting at left tackle for two whole years now. Kind of a little bit of twenty twenty one. Also played right tackle in twenty twenty one and was a kind of rotational right tackle in twenty twenty, which sounds weird and is weird, and that's what Missouri had to do at the time. So. That sucks for Missouri, but they figured it out, and they have a they have a five and zero record heading into this weekend against LSU. LSU provides a great test in my eyes for a guy like Javon Foster because the pass rush from the Tigers, from the LSU Tigers, has come from so many different players, and LSU likes to rotate those guys around. There are five different defensive linemen for LSU who have at least one sack this season, and that's not including the three linebackers who have a sack. So there will be pressure coming from different levels at Javon Foster. There will be pressure coming from different directions hitting Javon Foster in different ways. If he can hold up in this one, that would be a huge sign for his draft chances. Currently – Looking at a late day three kind of a tackle. He does allow a few pressures, has a history of quite a few pressures over the past two years at left tackle. Four sacks allowed is not a good look last year when you're, but have to consider we are comparing to usually when we're talking about the draft, we're talking about like Olu Vishanu, who has yet to allow a sack in his college career. Only one quarterback hurry in his collegiate career. That doesn't happen. <laughs> this is a lot more common uh to see a guy like this who you know has to has to hold a few times in the sec and has let up a couple sacks but you say that like four sacks over the course of a 12 game season is bad that's one sack every three games you're allowing one and a quarter pressures per game i'm okay with that and then it's very low at least and i'm looking at last year's numbers obviously that's a very low penalty percentage obviously he's going to pass that this year but for me looking at this that's still a decent tackle that i'm willing to throw through like you said a, a day three pick i'm willing to throw a flyer on 
Yeah, I'm just looking to see if he can improve on those sack numbers and those pressures yeah. allowed. Uh, if he stays on this pace, he will beat his pressures allowed from last season, but it's going to be pretty close. We're about so, a third of the way through the season, right? Yeah. So it's like right, right there. He's damn exactly. like right on pace. Exactly. <laughs> so I want to see what he can do against LSU, who has a pretty good defensive line. I think this is a good matchup. Another good matchup is Tavondre Sweat, defensive tackle for Texas. Uh, another boy. sixth year guy and a lot bigger than the defensive tackle we talked about last week for Texas a Big boy. Uh, he is not a graduate senior, but he is a COVID year of eligibility super senior who should be graduating uh, before he enters the draft here. Should have uh, already graduated. Yeah, you know, if you have an extra year of eligibility, why not take it easy yeah, use and graduate it. a semester late? I don't blame him. I, I took five years to graduate college, too, because I was taking it easy. Worked out fine for me. Uh, Tavondre Sweat <laughs> is uh, a real a real legitimate pass rushing threat, usually as a four-down lineman defensive tackle. Uh, impressive stuff either A or B gap, usually in the B gap, uh, coming after the quarterback. It's pretty fantastic to watch. One sack a season doesn't exactly tell the story. He has quite a few hurries to his name. And the three and a half tackles for loss already this year is pretty impressive. The reason I'm calling this a good matchup is the exact opposite of why I'm looking for Javon Foster to do well. Uh, Tavondre Sweat is going against a pretty bad Oklahoma interior offensive line like the center and guards are the definitive worst part of that Oklahoma team right now uh, so I'm hoping to see Tavondre Sweat running after Dylan Gabriel all game which should be very fun to watch and if he can rack up another sack or two he might be rising uh, raising a few eyebrows already on the senior bowl watch list uh, but right now looking at like a late day two, early day three selection. And he might be finding his way moving up some boards if he can really solidify his pass rush moves and get to the quarterback more often this year. No, that's fair. And that does it for the show. Still took us like over an hour to talk yeah, about we're right way there. fewer games. That's, that's how we do. We just love college football too much. So thank you for joining us. We Talking about college football, it's always a good time. It really <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, this is, this is week six. Uh, we are more than a third of the way through the season. We are almost halfway through the season, yep. which is awful. I hate it. That sounds gross. Make it stop. No. Eh, I don't think that's possible. Please? Mm, I wish. No. We're getting into the best part of the season, though. We're getting into all this, all these conference it is, games. It's it it's getting, good time. getting exciting, getting very exciting. Uh, so I talked about earlier how I I may have accidentally killed Dick Buckkiss. Uh, I've been at my parents' house, painting, rearranging rooms, doing all the things, and uh. This is this is what my this is one of the last pictures of the some of the paint job that was in my childhood bedroom. 
uh, Dick Butkus number 51 and Walter Payton number 34. Now, obviously, I, I painted over this. My mom no, doesn't want that in her uh, now craft room. Uh, and I painted over it. I, I put primer down over, over this last night, and of course, Dick Butkus died overnight. Now, you might be saying, Ben, don't be so hard on yourself. That's just a coincidence. But I also did my senior term paper on Cubs legend player and broadcaster Ron Santo and I turned it in and my teacher said oh did you hear I said yes I did that was what I woke up to as I was printing my paper out that Ron Santo had passed away that night so I shit you not this has happened to me twice I feel some responsibility at this point can we just talk about how his name is Ron Santo which sounds like Monsanto and that is that is terrible. <laughs> this dude held so many patents for corn. <laughs> and he played for the Cubs. American legend. Oh, goodness. Ben, stop killing local Chicago celebrities, please. <clears throat> I mean, Ross, I mean, they're both Hall of Famers. Both have their numbers retired. Yeah, yeah, stop it's killing more than, It's a little bit more than local Chicago celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> Every, everyone in the world knows who Dick Butkus is. It's too good of a name not to know. Well, right. What did you do with your oh, Dick man. Butkus? I mm. wasn't going to go there, and you didn't <laughs> land it, so I was, yeah. I'm glad I didn't go there. <laughs> but you know what you can land is some beautiful links. I would love to, but my script that I usually read off of is not scrolling down below. You don't know them by now. You read them every uh, single episode. Yeah, dude, just throw them up for me. <laughs> All right, we have patreon.com slash btfootball, x.com slash btfootball, facebook.com slash btfootball, instagram.com slash bt underscore football, bdtfootball.com, mailbox at bdtfootball.com, youtube.com slash at big dudes in the trenches, twitch.tv slash big dudes in the trenches. Please come watch us live. Uh, our Discord, as well as all of this, will be linked below, especially if I read it too fast for you. I apologize. I'm impressed you don't have it written down somewhere. Because I, I definitely don't type this. I don't type this stuff out every time that I, I post an episode somewhere. I know. I, I used to. But it, it's easier when I have it up in front of me, especially when I have one screen and it's just scrolling across the bottom for me. There's a lot of stuff that wasn't that didn't pop auto populate this time. I didn't even check there. Hey, did you know that you can't run in a campground? You can only ran because it's past tense. I knew that was coming. God damn it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is clearly all the time we have in the show today. Thank you for watching and or listening. And just remember, you can't win a game if you can't win the trenches.